0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Project Deg Show. I'm your host, Ben Gothard, and today we have the honor of speaking with Josh Fonger. How you doing today, Josh? Doing good. Fantastic. Well, I am so excited to be chatting with you today. Um, you rock, and I want to talk about all the reasons why. So uh, I really want to know, uh, what is your story?
1: Well, uh, the whole story or just part of it, the business part, oh, right? Oh, no, the whole story from the very <laughs> beginning. I started off the conception, is mm-hmm. divided. No, I. Uh, so in terms of doing the business stuff, you know, that book right there behind me for those watching the video, uh, getting connected with uh, Sam Carpenter, Carp- the best selling author of the book Work the System. Uh, that happened in my 20s as I was uh, floating around uh, doing consulting from um, location to location to location. So basically, I was. I was a uh, traveling uh, business consultant, and that wears on the family, and it uh, wears on your health. And so, after doing that for years, I uh, ran to Sam, and uh, came up with a better way to help companies. And then he and I started working together. And over the last eight years, we've uh, built out this company called uh, Work the System.
0: Right. Well, that's the short
1: version. How did you?
0: How did you get there? Like, why? (laughs) How did you get to the point where? You were, you were doing consulting, like what led to that?
1: Yeah, well, uh, that was definitely not by choice. Um, my undergraduate's in architecture. So I thought I was going to be an architect, then um, got my master's in business. So I thought I'd be more of a real estate developer. And so working in the Phoenix area, uh, commercial real estate, uh, project management and, and helping those companies, uh, let those locations grow. And what happened was 2007, 2008 happened and uh, me and everyone else lost their job. And I had to kind of reinvent my my life and figure out what was I going to do because um, otherwise it was a ninety percent pay cut if I was going to get working in real estate again, and that wasn't really ideal for family life <laughs> where I was. And so, basically, after applying to jobs you know everywhere in the world, um, in every kind of field because I had my master's in business, so I thought, well, someone's going to hire me, and um, no one was hiring. No one was hiring, and I was getting nothing. And so. I got to the point where I was actually applying to jobs I didn't even want. And one of those jobs being a business consultant. Um, I, I wrote my, my thesis paper in my MBA program about why you should never hire a business consultant. And so I I was not, I was not keen on being, taking this, this role. Um, my dad was not a big fan of business consultants. My father-in-law really didn't like them. And my research was, you know, they're not really that effective. They're really expensive. And you should just do it with on your own. And so Anyways, I got to the point where I was just applying for those jobs. I was like, well, I got an MBA. Maybe someone will hire me as a business consultant. And uh, that's what happened. Uh, it, you know, kind of a providentially, uh, serendipitously, I got a, got a job um, as a contractor helping this other firm grow. And um, that's, that's how it all happened. And, and it was funny because the guy said, um, you know, you get, to, you get to keep 50% of what you sell. And um, so you have to hunt it and then you have to skin it and then you get to eat 50% of it. And he gave me this list and it was December and uh, we were, we were bare bones at this point, like uh, lost the house, lost the car, uh, lost all savings, wow. all investments, basically severely negative living in my in-laws condo. At this point, <laughs> it was bad. Um, you know, in your early 20s you do not save a lot of money. And so I um, uh, needed to make some money. And he said, here's the list. You go call these people cold in December and try to sell them a, um, financial model, basically a financial model, a budget to forecast the next two years. And then every time you sell someone, one of these financial models, then you can build them the financial model. And uh, there was 3000 phone numbers. And so I just on the phone, hammering, 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 hammering. And I think I made, um, you know, I made him $16,000, which meant like I kept $8,000 that first month. And I was like, okay, well, I can eat this month. And then, you know, next month, better and better and better. But, um, you know, one of those things where if you have to eat, you, you're, you're uh, more disciplined (laughs) and you'll put in the work. And so that's how I got into consulting.
0: That is uh, sometimes I struggle with the the concept of irony. I'm pretty sure this is it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm pretty sure this is the, this is the one that's amazing. So you wrote your thesis on not hiring a consultant Yeah, and then you became
1: one. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, I think it's like an act of God. I think it's God's humor. But um, when, when I was doing the phone interview for this, because I, I had very few phone interviews and, and the guy was like, are you good on stage? And I was like, oh yeah. He's like, are you good at presenting? Yeah, definitely. Great. And I, um, like, I'm extremely shy, introverted, like uh, my entire elementary, middle school and high school. I don't think I ever raised my hand, not even once, like I had zero class participation, like that very deathly afraid of, of any kind of this situation, and so to get the job, he's sending me out to go present and speak, and you know, why don't you do this workshop, or do this workshop, and I was like, okay, so this is like the skill set that I have no skill in, and um, you have to get good fast. (laughs) So uh, I was the guy, you know, reading like four books on the way, you know, flying somewhere to give a seminar, and uh, you know, just uh, had some really good success with these clients, uh, miraculously, And uh, really enjoyed the work, enjoyed helping companies. I started off uh, years ago helping flooring companies. So people in America would know Carpet Ones and Flooring Americas. Uh, There's about 3,000 of those stores. And so I would fly in there and um, help them with their companies. And in this case, they're family businesses. And so usually there's mom and dad and their son or grandpa was working in the business. And then you have the aunts and uncles. And it's like this um, multi-generational family chaotic business where not a lot of people had, had um, kind of formal education. They just kind of learned it through grit. And um, 2007, eight happened to them too. And so they had these massive years of just making tons of money because everyone's buying floor because real estate is growing and every building needs a floor. And so they were making tons of money. And they thought they were just amazing business owners, but, but it was just, it was just the, the, you know was the hand of of the economy right that's that's what was making the business grow it had nothing to do with their sales nothing to do with the marketing nothing to do with the merchandising the pricing their operations it was just the market and so when they were going down that was when i was coming to work with them and so i was helping them close down locations helping them go through bankruptcy helping them reorganize and they should understand what was happening and and um, really having to walk through with them some really challenging situations and making tough decisions about um how to you know sharpen the pencil um that's where i got my start and that was that was tough i mean tough to get someone to pay you money to fix their company when their company is going like this um but um it was a great start i learned a lot i think most people when they start consulting they just learn you know one aspect of the business but for me these companies were you know maybe they're doing 2 to 5 million dollars a year maybe they had you know 10 employees so they weren't that big and so I would go in there and have to help them, uh, you know, with their financial forecasting or with their pricing or with their sales training or their outside sales training or with their leadership development or their branding or signage because they didn't have any experts in house. And so you'd, you'd have to kind of just be that for them. Uh, So it was great. It was great work. I mean, challenging work, but really, really fun work. So it seems like
0: you really got to learn like the intricacies and nuance of business from, from the role of an outsider. So you got to like peek into all of their different businesses and see how each one was run, the, the differences, the similarities. That That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, it was, um, you can't read about it in a book. That's for sure. Because in the book, it's like, well, you do this and this and this. But what if you fly into a company where the husband or wife are having problems and their son is an alcoholic mm-hmm. and they need to grow? Well, it's a little bit different <laughs> because they're probably yeah. not going to—they're probably not going to fire their son, and um, you know it's difficult to also you know separate the husband and wife, and so you have to really um, be very creative with the solutions and pragmatic with them because theory doesn't work in reality, and um, so you have to get a lot more scrappy with the solutions and not so much, you know, theoretical. So it, it definitely put things in, into practice, and I think with larger companies. Theories work a lot better because they have, I mean, they can lose a million dollars and it's no big deal. But when you're in a small business, you don't have time to watch that theory p- play out. You actually do need to make things happen next week or next month or next quarter, or you don't last any longer. And um, that's where things become very, very real. Wow. So I th- I
0: think this is a real, you have such an interesting perspective just from having Having been in the position that you were, and and you know the position that you are, what have you noticed as far as you know the the tendencies or or the the. I don't even know if it's a skill set, maybe a mindset, but like what do the do the better companies do that the lesser or worse companies don't do, or or maybe maybe it's the opposite. Uh, you know, like w- what's the difference between them?
1: Well, the, the companies that are doing things right um, see reality as it is, <laughs> I would say. That's, that's the, the big, big difference. And I mean, that's what our company work the system does first is we, it's called, uh, you know, Sam coined it, this term of outside and slightly elevated. And we really wanna make sure that they have a proper perspective on what's really happening in their business. Uh, oftentimes owners, uh, they, they marry or fall in love with or you know, get conjoined with their business and they have no sense of what is actually happening and they have no outside perspective and they just don't see um, what's going on. I mean, um, I won't share names, but I've, I've got a client, I really enjoy working with her. And um, she was talking to me about how she could not seem to get anyone to stick when she would hire somebody. You know, good candidates weren't coming and when they did come, they didn't stick and she just couldn't figure out why, what was she doing wrong? And super smart, um, good business for the most part. And um, I said, "Well, let's, let's walk through and see what their package is." And she wanted her people to work eleven-hour shifts, including for every Friday night and every Saturday. And she wanted to pay them twelve dollars an hour. And I said, "Not going to happen. No one wants to ruin both their morning and get home at seven thirty or eight at night every single night, and ruin their Friday and Saturday night and get paid twelve dollars an hour." I mean, this is this is not going to happen. You're not going to find anybody good who would ever take a position like that. Um, And she's like, what do you mean? I work those hours. And it's like, well, you're the owner. And And you're not getting paid $12 an hour. (laughs) And owners do things that are crazy. I mean, that's just the truth. Owners are willing to do things that are totally nuts and not see that um, an employee is just not going to do that. And so, you know, just giving them that perspective and like, oh, maybe it could do a split schedule, maybe do a pay increase, maybe some incentives then people will come work for you, but no one's gonna work that shift. That's, And she just never knew that. Um, and I think other people, I mean, so a lot of times as a consultant, you don't have to be so brilliant. A lot of times it's just coming in there with a clear head, being that outside view. And so I get to do that, but um, that's the thing that companies that struggle the most is they don't, they don't have that um, perspective. And so they, they get stuck in loops, loops of failure where they don't know why, why they're failing. Mm, so it almost seems like
0: on one side, there are just things that are going on that because the business owner is too close mm-hmm. and like they're almost like zoomed in so far, they really can't see it. And, and, they're, and it almost seems like they're attached to the business, like almost merging or attaching their identity to the business to where, changing anything or contradicting anything that's currently going on is like almost contradicting themselves. And then, and then on the other side, or, or also what I, I believe I heard, um, was that from that outside perspective, um, you just don't have that same bias. You can, you can see those things
1: that the business owner just can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's very emotional to admit that you've done something wrong. And also admit that someone else could do something better um, and that something different is better. And so it's really hard to change, very hard to change. And so I think an outside perspective can help from that. Oftentimes I will gather best practices from their employees, tell it to the owner. And just, since it's not from the employees, it'll, <laughs> you know, me saying the exact same thing will help them. Uh, so th- there's a lot of different tactics you can do, do use, but in the end um, they have lost um, perspective because, um, they have tied their identity to the business, and so a big part of what we try to do is separate the business and you as separate entities. and so then you're trying to build up this this entity of value that produces value without you being there. And we try to show people that 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 future actually is possible. Uh, you know in Sam's book, uh, the One Behind me there, is a great example of that because he was literally uh, working hundred hour work weeks. He was sleeping at the business, he was living there and he had been doing this for 15 years. And he was about ready to go bankrupt, about ready to like lose his health, lose his mind. And then he started to make a shift. That shift was to build systems. And then he went from a hundred you know, hour work week to a two hour work week in a short period of time. And his income went up 20 times. And so the business actually did better the less he was there. And that, that took him um, by surprise because he previously thought he had to be there for things to get done. And um, once he realized that he didn't have to be there to get things done, uh, it really changed his life. That is such a monumental
0: shift, 100 Mm -hmm. hours a week to two hours a week, making more money with the two hours a week. I mean, I I know just from personal experience with the show, Mm -hmm. for example, there was a time when. I was doing all of the editing and all of the design work and all of the administrative things and uploading everything here and doing all the – that's not the best use of the of, of your time. It's It certainly wasn't the best use of my time because you could pay somebody a, an hourly uh, wage to do that, and that frees you up to then go from like that laser-focused task that cannot be scaled no matter how many times you do it to then be able to focus on bigger and better things where you might be getting paid a hundred times more than what you're paying somebody to do that same thing. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And it's uh, when I work with owners and um, dissect what they do during their time, oftentimes, I mean, they're doing the work themselves or they're, they're so used to doing the work. And I say, well, then who's doing the owner's job? And they say, what is the owner supposed to be doing? Well, the owner is supposed to be developing new products and developing new services and partnerships and opening new territories and branding and marketing and expansion and you know all all those things you know like team development, coaching, culture, like vision, like no one's doing those things. That's why your company is growing or is not growing is because there's no owner of this company. There is no CEO. So CEO's job is to grow the company. There is no CEO. That's why it's not growing. You're you're just uh, a worker in the business, and so it's it's like um, you know a chicken with its head cut off. So it just it just goes in circles, and, and then eventually dies, uh, unfortunately. And so kind of a morbid analogy, but um, you don't want to be that because that's that's that is um, that is average companies, above average companies, even great companies. That is their destiny. Just look at the stats. Like that's what happens to companies, almost all of them. And then the ones that do survive they'd probably be better off if they didn't survive because the owner's lives are miserable. And the vast majority of those are worth nothing. When the owner finally does sell it, it's worth nothing. Uh, they've built nothing of value. They've just kept the job for themselves. They so probably they would have gotten paid a lot more if they just became an employee somewhere. So um, not to be depressing, but that, that, is the tr- that is the reality. And you can't pretend like your reality is different when, you know, if you've been grinding things out for four or five, six years, and you're still in a yo-yo you're like huh you know (laughs) maybe i should do something different now well i
0: actually think that's very empowering i think it's so empowering because that means there is a way out there is such a better way to do things Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be working more hours like that (laughs) that is so not the answer Mm -hmm. i mean sometimes you just have to do it i mean sometimes you just have to grin and bear it and put in the time especially when you're sitting there and you're building the system. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm so curious about how you go like that process of how you actually go into building the system, because I know I've built it for, for multiple businesses. I'm actually building another system for, for another one of my businesses right now. It's so, so relevant to, to, um, to that. So Mm -hmm. I know in the beginning there's like a lot of a lot of tinkering and building and tweaking and testing. Um, the cool thing is at least that I've found once you finish it and you hand it to the people who make the machine run, it's actually a self-correcting vehicle because mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna find the places that are that it's broken or they're gonna like figure out where it's not working and they'll tell you, and then either you can tell them to fix it or you can fix it, or you know, however, that, however that works. But it's like a self-correcting mechanism. Have you found that to be
1: true? Uh, definitely, yeah. I mean, if, it, if the idea is just in your head and then you transfer to someone else's head and it's, just, it's, it's floating around, you can't ever analyze it on paper and correct it and refine it because of course that person probably was gonna leave at some point in time or switch positions in your company. So you have to have that unit, that asset that tells you how that thing is done, the recipe. Right. Um, I mean, I like to use the recipe analogy because in a restaurant, what happens when employees come and go, is the recipe gonna be changing all the time? Are you gonna be consistent with how you know how that cheeseburger is made? And so I think it's really important to do it. And it um to owners it seems overwhelming, but you just have to you just have to lead and kick it off, even if it's a super small company, you don't have to do it all yourself. Um what Sam likes to say is that the systems are already happening, like You're already doing sales. You're already doing marketing. You're already like, they're happening in your business and the systems are happening. They're just not very good yet. (laughs) So you have to identify the systems you have and then you need to codify them, uh, how they are. And then you have to give them to someone else to then make better. And you give them a direction like, hey, this is the end direction where we're going towards. Take this piece of the puzzle. I've given you a starting place and then I want you to work with it and make it better and better and better. And they will, uh, you know, if you pick the right people, if you get A players, But um, if you don't give them that structure, then they're floundering, um, and they don't know what good looks like, and uh, you're just stuck. So when you're starting, you're basically saying
0: that you you try to take a snapshot of what you're already doing. Mm -hmm. Because even if it's a broken system currently, it's still a system technically. So, Mm -hmm. So you take a snapshot of what's working. You codify it how do you take a snapshot and in what manner do you codify it?
1: Yeah, so this is a great question. There's, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I mean, there's so- software. So I mean, right now we're, we're recording on, on Zoom, but you can record on uh, Loom. Uh, I use Snagit. Some people use Camtasia. There's a lot of ways to screen record. So you can screen record how you do a process. That's one way to do it. Another way is to, to type up the process, maybe just an outline, rough outline, or even the s- specific steps. Um, also, what I like to do is do audio files. So I'll hit record on my computer or my cell phone and I will list off the steps, um, especially things that are really loose. Like I don't really know the steps, but this is kind of how I see it flowing. And then you can hand it off to someone else and then they can then um, put it in writing and then you can work with it afterwards. But the key thing is to get it out of your, your head. I had this, this one client where she, um, she was a, a psychiatrist, psychologist, mental health expert, and she was so busy that she had a list of procedures she, she wanted to systemize in her, in her part of the business. And whenever she was driving from one location to another location, she would pull up the next system and then she'd get her phone and just record. Okay. So here's, I'm, I'm going to tell you about this system. And, you know, here's the audience, here's the objective, here's what it does. Step one, step two, she'd verbalize it. And, you know, within a, a month or two, she had the bulk of what she'd done out of her brain into systems, growing her team out. Um, so all she did is just record audio files. That's cool.
0: Yeah. so let, let's take a step back for a second how did you go from working with to to like being you know being one of the top dogs like what was that mm-hmm. transformation of of uh of, of your career getting so intimately involved with work the system
1: hmm? yeah well it was uh I can't say it was just like one thing that happened. Uh, basically, Sam and I started together, and I was just a contractor, so I was doing, I was flying around helping him doing some coaching clients, and then uh, I became an employee of Work the System, and then I became, you know, partners with him, and then I I bought him out uh, recently, and so it's just been a you know ongoing relationship. We've really enjoyed working well together. He's been a great mentor. He's turning uh, 70 in a few weeks, and so he's just retiring and doing more uh, politics and things with his nonprofit. Uh, so it's been a uh, transition based on experience you know because I'm I'm not the author of that book I'm just the the implementer the implementer of that book and so my expertise is not um, his story which is taking his business from from nothing to as big as it is now it's you know it's still in Bend Oregon uh, my my expertise is working with a thousand companies flying around the world actually doing it so it's just it's a different tone and it's been um. You know, our audience, uh, our following has been really good during the transition because some people, they just, they have a really affinity to Sam, right? He's the author. They've read his book, changed their life. And so they have to get used to a new voice, a new face, uh, sharing the message because some people, they really liked uh, Sam's style and Sam's style and my style are slightly different, Uh, but he and I still talk all the time. And um, it's the same message, same technique, same method. Uh, And so I would say my Status as, is directly tied to the, the thousands and thousands of hours of actually doing the work. It's <laughs> probably it.
0: so when you when you took you know the top dog position, mm-hmm. how did you have to adjust the systems within the business, and how did you? Because it seems like there's both like the the business systems and then there are like your own internal systems. Mm-hmm. How did the how did you adjust to both of those? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, uh, over the last year, we've, we've kind of changed out some of our team. You know, Sam's taken some of his team back. I've built up a new team. We've got to do that transition. And then um, I have, so now that I own it, um, I can license other people to do the brand. And so I, instead of me just doing the work, I'm teaching people how to do the work the way I've done it before. And so um, teaching a ton, uh, you know, right now, I'm working with 25 different coaches and facilitators and contractors to teach them. Uh, how to do the work. And so we're trying to expand out uh, the brand that way. And so that's been a, a different challenge. And I've got a, a gal working with me who's, who's writing down my systems for me, uh, because I know that I can't one-to-one teach everyone everything. And so I record each session when I do training. Uh, and then also she's helping document those systems so that it's scalable, right? Otherwise uh, it's it, it stuck. You know, I'd be a bottleneck in in that venture. So that's been a big, a big transition for me, actually working with the companies to me, helping people work with the companies. Um, And I think it's going to take a a year or two to really work that through, but um, it's the only way we can really help nationally in a big way. I mean, I've got somebody right now who's getting um, certified, who is a a Pilates teacher. Now, am I going to be an expert in Pilates studio growth? Probably not. I mean, I know a thing or two, but (laughs) I'm not the expert, right? Uh, Or somebody who is a mechanic or someone who's an insurance agent or somebody who um, buys and sells companies. Um, You know, the person who's really into, um, you know, supply chain management. You know, I I know enough about each one of these areas and I've worked with clients in those areas. But if somebody's spent their whole life in that area and they get certified, they can really jump right into that space and, and be really successful. Carve out their own path mm-hmm. using the the framework.
0: That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I think that so our whole method, you know, it works with any company. I mean, um, it really is is it's a framework that you can just bolt on to any any business that wants to grow. But um, uh, for instance, I was working with this this nonprofit that does uh, mental health for for children and families. And so, was I an expert in that field? No, but what I did is I helped them build their systems, right? And so a lot of people can do that with the industries that they're really familiar with uh, and really uh, provide a lot of insight and structure. And it's one of those things, it's mathematics. It's like the more systems you build, the more efficiency they're gonna have. Therefore, they're gonna be able to grow faster. They're gonna actually have less waste and expenses, less problems, better employees, better training. It's kind of like, it's just math. So I know when I get those people out there in the field, if they just help people build their systems, Those companies will get better. The owners will have more time. And the results just take care of themselves as long as you stick with it long enough.
0: On your journey, getting to this place from, you know, not probably not thinking that you would be in this place when you started, Mm -hmm. what have you learned about yourself? Hmm
1: that you can change, <laughs> right? Uh, well, that and that um, you you actually do have, um, that everyone has a unique gift. I think I've learned that for sure, uh, but myself and everyone else I work with, and you should not set uh, ceilings or parameters or restrictions on what you can do and what you should do and who you are, you know, because previously it would be like, well, I'll never be on camera right now. We're doing the live stream. Um, never be on social media, never do a podcast. Like I was just like, well, these are, these are, and they were limiting beliefs, you know, that I'd put on myself um, as opposed to, instead of thinking about putting limiting beliefs, why not thinking big and, and broad about the future and not so much just uh, limiting. And so with the clients I work with and myself included, there are really six main things that will, um, maybe it's five, five or six main things as I walk through them I'll figure out what the numbers that really prevent people from scaling themselves, like me personally, or their businesses. Now, one is their mindset. If their mindset, you know, has limiting beliefs about who they are, what they can achieve, their value to the world, their skills, they're going to stop. Like they're going to say, you know, I'll never grow a company beyond two hundred thousand dollars a year, or I'll never go beyond a personal income of eighty thousand dollars a year. Whatever it is, like they they set a bar, and they will get comfortable when they hit that bar. Let's just say their bar is one hundred thousand dollars a year. They're going to stick there forever, and they have to, you know, change their mindset. That's that's one thing that I've learned about myself is I have to change my mindset if I ever want to grow. Like you have to be the leader for your business. And if you're not going to grow as a leader, not going to happen. Uh, Next thing is the strategy. You have to be able to adjust your strategy. The marketplace is dynamic. Competition is dynamic. It's worldwide. And so you have to be able to build a strategy that's robust and it's going to last and stick to it. A lot of companies never put their strategy in paper. And because of that, they will flounder without a strategy. Basically, their strategy is emotionally react to whatever stimulus comes their way. Instead of mm-hmm. I'm going to set a course and things that are not conducive to my strategy are gonna bounce off quickly. Things mm-hmm. that are conducive are gonna come into my strategy and I'm gonna make my strategy better and stronger and more resilient as I go forward and have that, that, those boundaries and that, that framework set up. Most people never do that. That was something that after Sam and I um, transitioned, I had to really refine and define for myself. I think that was key towards moving faster and attracting the right people. Uh, The next is the team. So let's just say, um, in my case, uh, mindset, I get that right, I get the strategy right. Well, if I'm by myself, it's pretty limiting, right? I'm not gonna get very far. And so realizing that I had to build out my new team uh, based on Sam using his other team for his other businesses and then realizing that my team is required to go further. There's only so far that I can go. And um, if you're really small and you have a team of one right now, well, a team of two is going to make a huge difference. And then a team of three is going to make a massive difference. Now, once you have a company of a of thousand, you know, one more employee, is not going to make a big, difference, big difference, but when you're small, each new person dramatically affects how, uh, you know, how far your company can go and how many people it can work with. And so I think the team building is, is hugely important, even from the very beginning. Another big shift was uh, business systems, of course. And so that's say you got a team strategy mindset. If you have no systems again, you're going to be capped out by the dysfunction that happens because the more complicated your business gets um, and the more fast you try to move, the more things are going to fall off. The more wheels are going to fall off, the more it's going to break. And so you got to put the business systems in place, which is what we're doing right now as we're growing out this uh, coaching and consulting firm. And the last thing is your personal systems. So um, you as a person, as a leader, how productive and efficient and trained and knowledgeable Personal and personally and, and business wise, are you as a leader as a leader? And if you're not willing to grow, again, you're going to cap things out. And I've seen owners get all the pieces right, but then personally, their life is a mess. So mm-hmm. um, you know, the uh, bad eating habits, bad sleeping habits, bad uh, relationship habits. You know, maybe divorce, kid issues. Uh, you name it. Or they're just missing an educational piece, and they're going to be capped out. And so for me, I've really been focused on those. I guess it's five different things. Um, making sure that I'm growing each one of those areas, because any one of those areas is going to cap my growth. So um, if I'm great on all those areas, but my business systems are at a level two out of 10, then I'm just, I'm just going to stop there. Like I won't be able to go beyond that. Uh, But then once I get my business systems in place, maybe it's my strategy that is limiting me, or maybe it's my team that's limiting me. But one of those things is going to uh, limit your trajectory upwards. And so you have to kind of always be gauging um, what level you're at with each of those areas, if you're going to really uh, keep going upward.
0: You run into the same, I don't think problem's the right word, but but like the same scenario where you're like too close to yourself. And so you need to have that outside of you looking in to help you gauge yourself? Like, how would you be able to identify your own limiting beliefs? That, mm-hmm. That's just an example of, a, of the greater question.
1: Yeah, well, I'm actually in the market looking for another business coach because I've been working with Sam so long and he's off to another trajectory. And so got to start, I gotta you start, know, I still talk with him regularly, but um, getting another one is actually on my my to-do list because I have people um, in my life, you know, uh, relationship-wise, a uh, friend-wise and uh, you know, spiritually at church, things like that. But in terms of business, that is something I'm, I'm actually looking out to do. Uh, just last night, I was thinking I should probably just start a mastermind group of, of other business leaders that are in the same situation I am. But I think it's great. I think it's really important to have those people. Uh, I play that part for a lot of uh, companies I advise. But uh, likewise, I'm looking for my next next advisor because uh, I know how important it is, how valuable it is, and how you can get off track without um, thinking that through. And I think the... Um, for people who aren't going to get a coach or advisor, um, you can have your team do that for you as well. Uh, the people on my team, I tell them in each of the areas where they have expertise beyond me, like you tell me what I'm doing wrong. You tell me your feedback. Um, you know, I'm not just paying you to edit this or write this. I'm paying you also to, to give me strategic advice. Doesn't mean I'm going to use it or take it, but um, the people who are who are close to you, it really does matter. And I, I have all eight players, and so. I really do value what they say because um, they want me to succeed as well because it's good for them. It's good for everybody. And so um, I think really empowering your team to do that is key. Uh, but um, ultimately it won't take the place of someone who is a coach or advisor over you. Um, big companies have a board of advisors. Um, small companies typically have uh, the spouse, you know, <laughs> that's all they got. And it's, it's, just, it's really scary. And so um I, uh, I can't say that I, Hmm, how do I put this? Um, because of my experience, I know a lot of things can go wrong, which helps me, but still it doesn't, doesn't help me from the, um, me lying to myself. And I think that any, any owner will, will do that to themselves. So what's next?
0: Like where I know, I know we talked about the the coach, but mm-hmm. I mean, where do you see, you know, like, like your vision, where do you see? yourself and and, and the mm-hmm. company going um and then kind of the two, uh, two-part question is one of the things you said earlier i believe i heard was um not limiting yourself mm-hmm. and you know i think about this all the time like am i limiting myself without actually realizing that i'm limiting myself so the, the two parts are one what is the vision and two how do you constantly challenge that vision to try to Take it higher and higher and higher, and is there ever a limit to that? Mm-hmm. I know that's a lot of questions, but
1: yeah, well you know I'm just really thankful i, I you know ran to sam it's just an amazing it's an amazing method and, and book I mean I've used it to help people in all sorts of strange situations, you know lose ten pounds, fix their marriage, grow their company, sell their company. It's just a great framework to see reality and help things scale, and so previously. I wasn't taking it to the max because I was just doing the work myself, but now there really, there really is no limit. I mean, essentially anyone who owns a business, who feels like they're enslaved to the business, working too many hours and wants to have more freedom and to grow it. This is a method that works. So it's as simple as that. And so uh, really if I can get thousands and thousands of coaches out there certified, um, that still won't be enough. I mean, there, there's, so many companies, and the companies—I mean, I've got clients in, in China, I got clients in Singapore and Australia, and I mean, you name it, I've got clients all over the world. They've got the same problems. I mean, I had a um, uh, a dairy farmer in Transylvania, same problems with his business, working too many hours. So it's not like it's not like it's just uh, you know in the U.S. It's it's everywhere. I mean, uh, clients in Switzerland and Russia, it's all over the world. Same condition, same problems. Um, I don't speak all the languages, but um, that's why I want to just get as many people um, equipped um, with the right way to help these companies in a very simple way. And that's it. You know, building, you know, you know, we're on a mission to set entrepreneurs free from the slavery of their own businesses. And I think that's a message that really can translate in all languages. And so it, who knows where the, where the end game is? I mean, we're just starting, you know, I'm in my late 30s. And so we're really just starting. I mean, I could see this being uh, massive. And that's what i want to do and and so um, the bigger i can make it the better and i've purposely set it up where it's not just hey you got to pay consulting fees so you, you got to pay us fifty thousand dollars i know that's out of range for most companies which kind of brings up an interesting story when i started off consulting i had an advisor uh he was a business consultant he's he's probably 65 now not my advisor anymore um and he said josh just don't work with any companies that do under hundred million dollars in sales because they can't pay you. what you're worth. They're a hassle. They're annoying. They're not going to really make the changes anyways. So just stick with bigger companies and you'll be fine. And he said, just work hard for 10 years. You'll have a big database of clients by then you will be fine. And, and I was like, well, I think there's this other, you know, this whole market of people who don't get help because they are got small companies. Like he's like, well, they can't pay. And you know, they, basically he just said, just don't worry about it. Uh, go with bigger companies and I've worked with bigger companies. Um, and they do pay better, (laughs) and it is easier work, Um, but I saw that the real problems that really destroys families, destroys, I mean, the destruction is is catastrophic when companies go out of business, um, wasn't these small business owners, and so that was the huge market, that was my expertise, that was my experience, and I always wanted to figure out how do I set up a way to help these people that's not cost prohibitive, you know, they're not going to pay $5,000 $5,000 a day to have me hang out at their business. It's just, it's just not gonna happen. And nor would I advise them to do that. If they don't have the money. It's not gonna, the ROI is gonna take too long to happen. And so how do I break that up? And so work the system, a big part of what we've tried to do is, yes, we can deliver to bigger companies and do, do these kind of events, but we wanna do, you know, group coaching. So it's really inexpensive or a one-on-one coaching or, a, you know, a mastery club, which is really inexpensive, um, extremely valuable and help them on their journey. but. Priced so that it 's not going to kill their cash flow as they 're building up these assets, so that 's the one big shift for our business. The other thing is realizing that we are not the answer to every business problem. Um, you might need a lawyer, you might need a marketer, uh, you might need somebody to help you with advertising or branding or messaging. you might need somebody to help you write your first book or um, you know buy some real estate so i 'm acquiring um, different experts in each of these fields to then be my go-to source. And so we're not just this one thing, we're also the go-to source for anyone who needs help. Like, you know, we got relationships with different uh, software companies. So if you need these softwares, we're gonna help you and and strategically help you not buy from us, but buy from somebody we know you can trust. And so that's been a big, big shift for us as well is knowing that if people are gonna come to us for, for help, that doesn't mean that I have to be the expert in everything. I just need to know where, where they can get help. That's
0: so cool. The, that shift of, of like working with other people and it almost seems like strategic partnerships and then recognizing like, okay, this is actually the niche that I care about. Mm-hmm. You know, even though the hundred plus million dollar company is like maybe a little bit easier, but this is where the real passion is because you're right. I mean, if a if a family business doing I don't know fifty million a year, like if if they crumble, that could destroy a family, which mm-hmm. is awful, which has ripple effects in their community and the lives of all those people, and that doesn't just go away mm-hmm. in a week or two. Like that has really long lasting effects. So um, that seems super super important.
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's um. I mean, you're working, businesses are made up of people. I mean, you're working with real people. <laughs> and so, so uh, it's uh, the work matters, you know, I think uh, everyone's work matters. And um, so I really, I mean, that's why we got in the space and it really has been a, a shift that, I mean, you and I will talk afterwards about what you do because I think it's great. I mean, I'm not an expert at getting people capital, but that some of my clients need that and I help them out with with lending sometimes, but I would prefer to have a go-to source where I could say, yes, We help small businesses grow who are struggling, but we're not the ones who do all of those things. We have people that we really partner with who we trust. And that's, that's where we want to position ourselves in the marketplace is, you know, the go-to source for helping business owners who are stuck break free and scale. And yes, our methods going to help you do that. But along the way, you're going to need, you're going to need that attorney. You're going to need that bookkeeper. You're going to need that, um, you know, uh, financier to help you over the certain hurdles along the way. And uh, we're there to to help you make that happen. So that's that's the positioning we want to have in the marketplace. Because uh, in the end, um, there's going to be ups and downs in our industry, every industry, and we want to build a brand that's resilient during those ups and downs, and not just based on one one trick pony. That's awesome.
0: So uh, Josh, I want to thank you very very much uh, for for coming on the show today. Uh, and, and I want to be very uh, respectful of your time. So I do have one more question for you, then, uh, then we'll wrap it on up. Um, but what question should I be asking you
1: that I just wouldn't think to ask? Hmm, gosh, you had so many good questions, aren't you? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe you should ask me what book I like the best, which would be the one back there, Work the System. <laughs> yeah, so, so that would be good. Yeah, I would say Work the System was a book. But I think that the one thing, and maybe we've alluded to it earlier on, but I would say is um, don't be uh, don't be stuck in fear as if what you do is going to um, how do I put this? Don't be stuck in fear as if you have to know all the answers before you make a decision, make a move. So one of you know one of our principles at Work System is that you you know your next move will inform your next move. So don't don't wait to know all the answers. Uh, it's okay to make a move. Knowing that after that move happens, then you'll know what to do, and that's really what's helped me in a lot of my coaching, consulting, a lot of things I've done is just realizing that uh, I'm confident that I can figure out the answer. I have confidence that the answers will come when they need to. I just need to take one step forward, and, um, and that's all that's required. And so, for your listeners who are you know new to entrepreneurship, new to starting business, um, they need to get off the fence and just pitch that idea, pitch that client, pitch that, you know, whatever it is. And um, they will learn and develop by doing the work. Uh, so one of my friends says, work begets work. And so, you know, in, in the idea of sales. And so um, so to, to not, not have all the answers first, but just to get out there uh, and, and do it. I mean, I would have never, I would have never gotten anywhere in consulting if I waited until I knew what to do. Like my first, <laughs> my first big consulting gig after being in it for a couple of weeks was um, you know, this company had five locations. They were doing like $10 million in sales, a bunch of flooring stores. And they were like, Hey, fly in there. Um, we need you to help them unroll their business and do a bunch of layoffs and then do, you know, do their um, PR and then also help them uh, refinance it. all. I had no idea how to do any of that. I mean, zero um, but. One day at a time, learning, you know, connecting with people, asking for advice, and working with advisors—it's it's fine. Most of the things in life are not are not beyond you, but you have to be willing to step in there and then um, learn as you go. Uh, otherwise, you'll just be stuck. That's brilliant.
0: And there's actually a lot of psychology that backs up what what you're saying because I believe in. If there are psychologists out there, or scientists, or people smarter than than myself, of which there are many, who uh, who who correct, who can correct me, please do. But to my knowledge, when we're operating in in a state of fear, it actually restricts the higher level thinking um, in in our brains because we're not like our brains are trying to protect us. So if we're scared, it's like, hey, I need to I need to kick into like action mode, and so you know i'm not able to like think about things and so if you're always operating from that mode and you're just kind of stuck it's never going to get fixed by remaining in that same place mm-hmm. it's never going like staying in that same place is never going to get better and you know what the only way to learn how to do that stuff and to get rid of the fear is to go try it and mm-hmm. who knows who knows the the way that everybody else does it if you had known what you were doing could be a worse way than the way that you would think of organically. Yeah. Who knows? You may come up with a whole brand new thing.
1: Yeah. It, uh, Sam's phrase is minority of one. He says, do everything with that mindset is you are okay. Totally comfortable being the minority of one doing it your own way, you know, doing it your own way. Cause, cause with his business, he's, he runs an answering service. Um, they make, um, one mistake, every 15,000 phone calls. And so in that industry, usually it's like one mistake out of every 500 phone calls. So they're, they're not even close to normal. Um, that industry usually gets like a a 3% net profit. Um, they're at about 35% profit. Like it's, they're not even operating anywhere close to normal. And that was how we always wanted to be It's like, I'm not trying to be like anyone else. I'm not trying to be normal. I'm just trying to do my thing and do it the best. And, um, the other thing I like to leave for the audience, which I think is, it's really helped me a lot, especially as an entrepreneur, especially when you feel like you are always uh, behind the eight ball, and not finishing things, unsuccessful day after day after day, because you see, you know, you, in my case, you see Tony Robbins has been doing this 40 years and you're only two years into it. And gosh, you know, you'll never get as far as him, right? Is to realize that each day, and I think this is actually true you know, biblically true, is that each day can be a success because each day you are, Actually equipped with all the time, talent, money, resources, connections that you need to be successful today. As long as you steward today properly, you actually execute today properly, you can be a success today. And not to not to live out tomorrow or next week or or last week. Just live out today with what you're what you've been given, and you can make today a success. And I think that's really helped me as opposed to thinking. Oh, I don't have enough time to do this. I don't have enough money to do this. I don't have enough. It's like, mm, actually, you do You do have enough to do what you're supposed to do today. You might not have enough to do what you want to do today, but you actually have enough to do what you're supposed to do today. And as long as you're sticking with what you're supposed to do today, you'll be fine. That's when you go outside that and you, you start dreaming about things that aren't even in reality. That's when you get frustrated. Rock home, brother. I love yeah. that
0: message, and thank you again very, very much, Josh, for, uh, for for coming on the show, for being awesome, for sharing your awesomeness. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Randy. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. And uh, to everybody who's watching and listening, I want to thank y'all so, so much. Um, I love y'all. You know I do. I tell y'all all the time, and I'm going to keep telling you because y'all rock. So um, thank y'all for for sticking with us. I, uh, I'm very grateful for y'all's time, too. So um, thank you all. Thank you, Josh, and I'll see all of you on the next episode. Take care now.